Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Fishing has never been a hobby of mine. The few experiences I have had demonstrate that fishing requires a lot of patience, which I do not always have the most of. Leisurely fishing is flexible. You can come and go as you please, and if you don't catch anything, well, it's not the end of the world. But for career fishermen, it is a different story. This can require working all day and all night with no promise of a faithful catch. And no catch means no payday. Look no further than our gospel reading this morning, Simon, James, and John. They were all well aware of the frustrations of their job, having toiled all night and catching nothing. It is among this fishing scene that St. Luke lays out the sequence of events in which Jesus calls his first disciples. And with this imagery, our Lord paints for us what the Christian church is supposed to look like, how it is to function, and how its people are supposed to respond to the call of discipleship. The main task of the Holy Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus put it this way when he was speaking to Simon. He said, from now on, you will catch men alive. That is to say, you will catch people. You will make disciples of me. And look at the way that Jesus caught Simon alive and made him a disciple. Jesus had been preaching in Simon's boat, and at the end he told Simon to cast down his nets one more time. After a long night of hard work and no catch of fish, Simon must have had a little skepticism of Jesus' word. Nevertheless, the text says that Simon obeyed the word of Jesus and let down his net one more time. The result? A miraculous, overabundant, boat-sinking amount of fish. Like Simon, we are called to obey the word of Jesus. Obedience to God's word results in faith for the unbeliever as the Holy Spirit does his work of conversion, and an increase of faith in the believer, as the Holy Spirit strengthens the faith that is already present. But before one can obey the word of God, he must first hear that word. And how can anybody hear without a preacher? The answer, they can't. The word of God needs to be taught properly and preached properly. And God has set up the office of the holy ministry to accomplish this task, the office of pastor. It is through the faithful teaching and preaching by the pastor of who God is and what he has done for us in Christ that people are brought into faith and then incorporated into the church. But even when the word of God is taught and preached faithfully, the sinner inside of us likes to push back. The reality is we see so much opposition today to God's word in society and even within the church itself. To the modern hearer, the words of Jesus seem odd or oppressive, strange. And even to the Christian, the speech of the world can get into our ears and make us question God and what he desires for our lives. The world and its white noise around us are constantly bombarding us with lies and the schemes that try to encourage us to ignore the word of God. In these modern times, when science tells you that you are not bound to the gender you were, what, randomly assigned at birth, 
and that is your choice of who you would want to love, or if you don't like history, well, go ahead, change the facts and write your own history, your own narrative of choice. All of these kinds of lies and so much more, it becomes hard to remain focused on what God has to say about your life. And the current state of the church in America and around the world doesn't help the problem. Many people are tuning Jesus out and thus turning their hearts and their minds away from God. And there is only one proper response to all of this. And we can take a cue from Isaiah and Peter's reactions as they stood before the holy God. Knowledge your sins. Recognize you are a sinner and don't deserve to stand before the holy God. And then repent of all the sins in your life that are contrary to God's word. But don't just stand there thinking that you will be smitten or thrown off. Because as a Christian, now you can let the mercy of God rush over you after you repent. Hear the words that Jesus speaks in our gospel. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Your sins are forgiven. For like Isaiah, you have been cleansed by God of your sins so that you can stand before him as his called child. And this cleansing happened through the waters of holy baptism. You've been purified and in an even better way than Isaiah, who had that stone taken from the altar and put upon his lips, because you have had God himself, flesh and blood in bread and wine, put on your lips and on your tongue to purify your life from sin. These are the blessed realities of being in the Holy Church, of being a Christian. These are God's gracious gifts administered to you by his pastors, those whom he has called, like Isaiah and Peter, to serve his people on his behalf and to catch men alive. And remember that even though God uses pastors, it is ultimately God who brings people into the church because pastor simply speaks the truth of God's word. And it is that word that catches men alive and brings them into the boat of the church. Doesn't matter if pastor is funny or not, how long or short his sermons are, what garments he wears, how many children he has, what kind of car he drives, how long his office hours are. Does he preach and teach faithfully Christ crucified? Does he preach this word to those inside the church and outside the church? Does he administer the gifts of God faithfully at the font and at the table? Does he love his people? Does he seek the lost both inside the church and outside the church? If the answer is yes to these, then amen. The church will grow because God is doing the work. And if you are ever worried about the size of the church, just remember the scene on the boats of Simon, James, and John. So many fish that the boats were overflowing. And if the boat represents the church, and the fish represent us, the people, and Peter represents the pastor, and Jesus stands in the boat over his whole church, well, then you better believe that the church will always stand full of people, those people chosen by God, and that faithfulness in delivering God's word and his gifts on a part of the pastor is the main thing that grows the church by God's gracious provision. This is manifest by you and me here today.
and by all the faithful gathered around the words of Jesus to receive his blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation. The word of God creates faith, and it is always effective. As Isaiah says in chapter 59, it does not return void or empty, but it accomplishes that for which it was sent, and it prospers in the purpose of its speaking. So now, you have been caught by the word of God, brought into the Holy Church by baptism, and you are now disciples of Jesus. So what does your life of discipleship look like? Well, listen again to the last verse of our gospel text. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed Jesus. The men left everything behind, meaning they left their former way of life and followed in the way of Jesus. Their whole lifestyle changed, and we are called to do the same. It's not easy, but a Christian is holy, set apart, unique. And because he is in Christ, his life cannot look like the world around him. Your life in Christ calls for sacrifice. And that sacrifice looks different for each and every individual. But what remains the same is faithfulness to God's word, which is not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of the neighbor around you. As you excel in building up the church, as St. Paul said in our epistle reading, because your life now reflects Christ, the way you conduct yourself, the words you speak, the positions you take, they clearly communicate Christ to the neighbor and those around you. And because your life is in Christ, it is no longer an individual life. It's not just about you. The things that you do aren't to solely build you up, but they should build up the people of the church as a collective because we are all God's disciples, called to be faithful to him in all things, for he is always faithful to us. So put nothing before him in your life, for he gives you all that you need and even gives you what you don't deserve as, you give, as he gives you himself. He has caught you alive, forgiven you, and brought you into his church. And now you serve to build up that church by faithfully proclaiming him to the world around you knowing full well that, yes, you are his instruments, but he is the one doing the work. So be bold in your confession and speak the truth in love. To God be all glory and praise as he sustains and grows his church by continually catching men alive. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.